What's good? Welcome to Counter Kurtz, episode 99. It's your host, Mr. Pete Steele. And your co-host, Elena Torres. And that's it. Just the two of us. No guests today. Uh, we're going so scared of COVID. They don't even want to get on Zoom. You know? Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. What, a, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Right? You can call it living. Yeah. Right. Both PD and I this past week have gotten calls from different people. The really cool phone call that I'm sure many of you guys have been getting and all of America's getting, which is the you've been exposed to COVID phone call. The I have some bad news <laughs> exposed to COVID call. And it feels like when you get an STD, but from people that you would never sleep with. <laughs> <laughs> Man, ain't that the fucking truth? Like, oh my god! I hope I test negative. I don't want to be close enough to you to to have gotten anything. Yeah, because you know, if you let the source out of the bag, even if you're just trying to be like a public servant and tell people, like, just don't be around this guy when they call. Right. Like, uh, sure, you right, just got right, on and not peed on. Right, you know? it's brutal. It's a fucked up time. Uh, I have my news back. We actually got, my family got two phone calls from last week within 24 hours being like, you've been exposed to COVID. Uh, one was from my husband had a small surgery last week and the nurse who was taking care of him tested positive for COVID. And the other one was through our childcare. Uh, so that was, but everybody tested negative. Everybody's fine. We're back to normal over here, but it's a scary time. And getting a COVID test is getting harder and harder every day. I got mine first and it was pretty quick. I just had to go to an urgent care and wait like 30, 40 minutes. But then my husband, a couple of days later, tried to get one. It was nuts. And then PD, you had the, you called me yesterday and told me that it happened to you. Yeah, two hours you had to wait? Yeah, to go into a fire station and get my swab done. Like oh, you, you went to a fire station in the end? You didn't go to the other place? No, because the other place didn't have appointments till Wednesday. So this no was the way. Place. Yeah. They're all jammed wow. up at all care. Um Wow. Yeah. It's so getting I up, every day. Take the initiative and go. And I didn't expect anything like this and it was around the entire block and the blocks in dc are big you know they're like line, the whole block there was a whole block like four sides like you just it, like going in a maze like you didn't fit you thought you might make a circle you got scared you'd like lap yourself because right. each turn you made it's like another line all the way down one side of the block and then you make that other turn you see it and after like the fourth time you're like or the third turn you're like holy shit does this like lap itself i don't remember this walking in luckily it didn't but that took still two hours that sucks outside mm -hmm. and it wasn't i guess the weather yesterday was fine yeah it wasn't the worst i mean right. the phone and make sure it's charged bring a backup charger for you you know because that's all you're gonna do in that line Not and it's that, six feet apart right and imagine because every all those people going to get tested fuck yeah yeah and then one kid this pissed me off so much i was so furious some like 17 year old with a pink backpack in front of me was like heard me on the phone he's like dude can you like back up a bit like i was like 
excuse me? And he's like, the six feet. And I was like, look, and the guy in front of him is like maybe four feet from him. I'm like, take a look around there, guy. Yeah. Like, this is the same shit. And he's like, okay, okay, it's cool, man. It's cool. And like, backed off. But I was like, so just on edge, like, it just sucks to be there, you know? And I think really he was just alarmed because my voice is loud. It kind of carries. It doesn't. Right, right, right. And your voice naturally is like a little bit hoarse. Yeah, they exactly. probably freaked out. Also, people love COVID is perfect for people that love civilian on civilian policing to feel better about themselves. Yeah, sanctimony. People love this shit. Like, I was just telling the story to Pete, our fearless leader on the phone before this. But I, I think I told you that a couple like a week ago, before we got the COVID exposure call, so probably like two weeks ago, uh, my husband and my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law lives in the same building as us uh walked our dog at like 10 30 at night residential neighborhood no one around they didn't wear masks they've been hanging out a bunch they didn't wear masks outside walking the dog one block around and some guy smoking a cigarette on his front porch of the house was like really guys no mask (laughs) this dude had no mask on it's just like dude go fuck yourself yeah smoking a cancer stick come on yeah exactly like Okay, you're getting mad that other people's lungs, I mean, you're fucking up your own lungs. <laughs> what a dick. I think people that are smoking feel that because, like, they're more susceptible to it, they have some kind of, like, privileged or disabled status or something like that. I'm dead serious. I'm not saying that justifies it. Right, dead, right. But that's, I think, where they're kind of coming from with that crap. Such bullshit. Yeah, it is. It is. But I, I will say, like, where I'm living now in PG, there's nobody. I mean, it's a mandated thing, but I only see about half the people outdoors with masks on. And now in this county, oh, really? you're supposed to have one at all times. Yeah. Uh, where I live, where I live, if you don't have, I mean, I mean, this story I'm telling you was at night, but like where I live, if someone like across the street sees you without a mask, but I live in like, in dc bernie sanders country and like if somebody sees you without a mask i mean some literally a lawyer comes up and like serves you with a lawsuit it's bananas like they'll look at you there have been times where i'll walk the dog and i'll forget it and like i have to go back because i'll just get too many people will look at me like i'm a leper yeah it's banana and like from far way further than six feet like oh yeah. Here, here you I see no one, and I mean no one without a mask. Wow. Every county is different, but here, but here it's like really, really intense. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the idea of like you're going down the street and yeah, you may not be near anybody, but then someone walks around the corner, bam, you know what I mean? Being yeah. afraid of that. And I think the big crux of all this is that the masks don't really protect yourself. They protect other people from you. Like if it was the other way around, nobody would get on everybody, anyone, and everybody would have a fucking mask on. I mean, it kind of, it makes a huge difference. Like I think, I mean, yeah, it protects other people, but I think, I don't know. I think like with my husband, cause that nurse, the surgery he had was on his eye. So that nurse, I mean, she had gloves and a mask on was like touching his face, but like he had a mask on too. And had they not both had masks on, I mean, forget it. Yeah. 
but I mean, I think the mask either way, I mean, the double layer, like, like if two people are, I think it protects you and the other person. I think the mask really makes a big difference. Yeah. Oh, no. I can't ask sometimes, but like, it's worth it. Oh, no, I'm I'm totally pro mask. My thing is that I just believe, given what this society's like and the death tolls reflecting this, that if in fact, it worked the other way with the mask where, you know, the mask protected you from COVID. Nobody would care about anybody else. They'd be like, Oh, just let that motherfucker drop dead. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Probably. I mean, it's like God's giving us some kind of a chance to prove how selfless we are. I know. Right. So fucking miserably. So miserably, but that's like worldwide. Like I'm hearing story. I don't know. I, I talked to, one of my friends in Mexico the other day, it's a shit show over there right now. Yeah, what's going on? shit show. Well, they're not, I mean, one, the thing with a lot of these Latin American countries is they're not doing a lot of lockdown laws because a lot of people live like from not from paycheck to paycheck, month to month, they live day to day. So the poverty is so extreme that you stop the economy, more people are gonna die of hunger then are gonna wow. die. Then are gonna die of COVID. That's crazy. So that's why you hear of all these like really like large numbers in Brazil because the way that these governments are approaching is they're not really releasing real numbers. It's really unclear to know what's going on, and it's sort of up to the individual and the business to see what they want to do. So it's just you have everything from people having three hundred person weddings to people who like haven't left their house. It's like, it's a shit show. Like my friend was telling me about a wedding that he knew of that somebody had a wedding in Cabo, 300 people, which in Mexico is like typical. That's how big my wedding was. I mean, every 300 people is like regular size. It's the Latin way. 300 people, one person was asymptomatic, gave it to 175 people who were at the wedding. Of those, I think seven of them died. I mean, just insane. Jesus insane it's, so i think it's just world i mean the humans are inherently selfish yeah yeah they are i mean you know the the u.s culture i think focuses the, is the most that way because at least like i don't know in mexico it's like your family unit but in in the u.s it's like just me just me yeah 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 base me mucho no totally right. <laughs> that was that was the problem in italy too when it first started totally well, they're on lockdown again, too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's so uh, crazy, too, that they're opening up all these, like, football stadiums and stuff to do it. Like, the last time I can remember them doing that for anything other than sports was, like, Hurricane Katrina or something. Right. You know? Are they doing that now? Are they doing testing? I mean, I guess in L.A. I saw that. It's stadium. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you have to sit in your car for – Absolutely. I think FedEx Field at one point early in this thing was doing it. Now, not, I don't think anymore. Wait, how long do you get your results? Well, they said five to seven days. So, yeah. So, you do that this weekend? Uh, I'm not going to be doing it. You know, You're I not? cancel my shows. I told Rachel Feinstein, you know, she was good about it. She yeah, understood. everybody, PD was going to feature for Rachel Feinstein this weekend. And yeah, and it's you know, it always sucks to not see her and to hang out. I mean, great opportunity, long sets, 
good yeah. feature money, you know, but at the same time, yeah, I get a call just yesterday. I mean, this was like my whole day yesterday. It just totally sucked. Like, well, you, you get this monkey wrench of a DM that's like, oh, yeah, you were with me like eight days ago at a show and I just tested positive today. So I don't know if I got it before then or after then or whatever. There's no right. way know so you just have to kind of know and i have to tell anybody so you go from thinking like god i wish i was never told almost you know yeah all right fine i want to live you're right you know like an, it's literally just like an std like well i was fine and now you go get tested and those days that waiting for the test it's just like yeah so much and- anxiety I don't know. And I asked the person after, right after I was like, you know, were you wearing a mask? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I tried to remember when I saw them and I'm pretty certain they were, mm-hmm. but who in the hell knows? I mean, it's not like a hundred percent effective, like a condom and right. I have to say, you know, there's no chance, but then, you know, you kind of start thinking about it. You're like, it's not their fault. Fuck them. Kind of, you know, you get 100%. And shit, you know, I and, and then the more stuff you do to take care of it, go and look on the website, set up the test, make appointments and cancel ones if it's not going to make any difference anyway in terms of lapse time before right. the show you're supposed to do, then call the booker and all this. I make sure I'm like messaging them back, like, okay, I just want to let you know I just canceled my shows. Oh, I just want to let you know I'm taking this test tonight. Oh, I just want to let you know I have two hours. I won't put your name in, but I'm making a Facebook status out of this. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's a little bit of uh guilt inducing, but you know, I kind of felt you kind of feel entitled too. You're like, I didn't cause this fucking mess, you know. I know. Yeah, it's like that weird feeling where like I had a lot of anger too. Because I was just like, what the fuck? You know, you get angry, but it's no one's fault. No. For all I know, she could have got it from her. I won't say she, uh, uh, they. Yeah. Uh, they could have gotten it from me. Yeah. Who the fuck yeah, knows? I don't know. I mean, at first, like when we got the first one, I got, I was like more scared because the thing is, I just like freak out for the baby. I mean, at this point, I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to fe- be fine, but the baby, the baby, the baby, the baby. But once we got the second one, I was like, clearly I'm not the only one this is happening to. And yeah. that for some reason made me less angry where I was like, okay, clearly this, this is becoming an issue. And then it started to hit the news like a couple days later, like cases are way up. And I was like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh shit. But, but yeah. You, you have no idea. I mean, I think the one thing where this differs from STDs is that it's a lot easier to like slut shame than COVID slut shame, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I feel like with STDs, with STDs, there's more shame with yourself. Like COVID, it's easier to point fingers, I feel like, because you totally. always. If you've ever gotten that STD call, like it's always from someone where you're like, I fucking knew it. (laughs) (laughs) It's always someone like, of course, you slut. (laughs) What was I thinking? It was never from someone, you know, those calls never come from someone where that you like. I don't know. I have a lot of esteem for it's always someone where you're like, God damn it. Yeah. It's not someone you fuck behind the church, you know? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) 
So yeah, that's been going on, and uh, yeah. here we are. And I mean, I until our next slated show, which we should talk about on December the twentieth at the Arlington Cinema Draft House. I hopefully it'll still happen. Yeah, and pray we have it. But I will also not be doing anything um, other than logistical preparation for that. I mean, I have my sets down pretty cold, I think. Um, but I'm not getting out anymore between now and then. I don't need okay. any more. Scares. Yeah, yeah. Since you got your scare was from comedy, my mine wasn't from comedy, which I thought my scare would be from comedy, but it actually wasn't. Uh, but I've been thinking about that too, like with all these calls and stuff. I have a show on Saturday. Yeah. Which I'm supposed to, I have one, I have a virtual one on Thursday, but I have an in person show on Saturday and I'm conflicted. Right. I mean, I told them I was going to do it. But I'm conflicted because it's just like, at this point, I don't know. And after all this shit that just happened, I don't know. But at the same time, like, you know, because I last week, you know, as soon as you find out you have to quarantine, you know, so last week I stopped doing everything that I was, not that I'm out very much at all. But I took, but I took a lot of time, which I've been meaning to do this and listen to my sets for the past month which I usually do that inventory every few weeks, right when I'm regularly doing comedy, but I haven't done it since the pandemic because there's just been like less shows. So there's less like bulk to really look at to like see patterns and stuff. Right. And I listened to it and I was like, fuck me. And then I went back and looked at video of myself a year ago and I was much stronger a year ago. I'm out of shape. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, I'm out of shape. And, you know, I'm doing it as often as I can, you know, safely. Like, there are some people that are that are doing it more than me that I know. But I feel like it's at that point, I mean, you start, like, taking risks. I mean, it's a, it's a personal choice. But I'm doing it as much as I can. I mean, yeah. which is not that often these days. And I am not where I should be. And then, so I spent, like, a two hours working on that and just listening. And I was like, oh my God, basically listen to myself bomb for like an hour. <laughs> and then I put on uh, Colin Quinn's, Colin Quinn and Friends, which just came out on HBO Max, which is like a bunch of great comics, including Rachel Feinstein, who, yes, is, at, who is at Arlington Draft House this weekend. You guys should go. You should. But most of them did really bad. And admitted it. Oh. Most of them admitted it for a comic. It's a great thing to watch. It made me feel so much better. Like most of them, most of the of the show is like them talking backstage. Mm-hmm. And they're also performing for cars. So it's so hard to gauge. Like they don't know if they're getting laughs or not. Right. And I think that maybe most of them had been on stage at that point, like three or four times. And I felt like their bombs we're similar. It made me feel better. We're similar to mind bombs in that like the stage presence is there. It's just like the pacing of the jokes. That's just not, it's just not right. Yeah. I, I forgot just, entire sections of jokes at this me show. Too. I never forget jokes. And I've been forgetting jokes in 2020. I've been forgetting jokes all the time, but it's like, Oh, because I haven't fucking told them in 10 days. Right. You yeah. realize, from this whole thing, I think if there's one great comic takeaway from it is that not just that practice is important, but like how 
little, not how little you know you're set, but how susceptible even the stuff you think you know cold, you fucking forget after. Yeah. I mean, comedy, it's like, it's like being an athlete. Like you have to do it a lot. Yep. You just have to do it all the time. Like I was looking at all these tapes of myself and when I was, you know, 2019, when I was pregnant is the most comedy I've ever done in my life. Like I was doing so much comedy, like minimum five nights a week, a couple of shows a night. Like I was really pushing it. Yeah. And I felt like I was off my game, especially in the second half of my pregnancy. Cause pregnancy, you're just like hormonal and slow and watching mm. it now. I'm so much worse now than what I was then. Yeah. Like I thought I was slow then. No way. Totally. You know, totally. towards the end, like in the fall, I felt like I was just slower. Like it took me longer to remember my jokes. I'm like maybe a little bit compared to tapes from two months before, but like, not like now. No, absolutely. This show I did on Saturday, it was like that. I got up there and that's another reason why I kind of want to lay off this thing to our show in a way. Yeah. Now that we've talked about this, I'm like reconsidering. <laughs> right, right. But I'm like, you know, if I don't do any more between now and then I'm not, if, say I do test positive. I don't have to make a bunch of calls to that last show. And then right. more shows, it takes an element of safety. It puts an element of safety into the equation for others. So it's a proactive kind of altruistic thing. However, you know, a pain in the ass it's really hard and this is this is one thing that i think a lot of people don't realize for like comedians and entertainers it's like yeah covid is the worst for comedy the worst but it's also like this is something that you've dedicated your whole life to in so many ways or it's a huge part of your identity it's your craft it's your job it's like and you can't do it anymore you know and and you have to make it's a really difficult choice which is like you know, when f- comedy first started coming back and I had, a, you know, my baby's a little bit bigger now, but I had a very small baby and I had to make a choice. It's like, okay, is this for my mental health? Like, how can I keep this as safe as I, as I can? And this be, I think it makes me like a better mom to like have something else going on than, than just be with the baby all day long. Yeah. You know, so I decided to do it, but like, I'm one of the more like intense comedians. I mean, there's a couple of people that I think are like, on, but you know, I performed in a mask for a while in the beginning, but then I stopped, but like, I always bring gloves on stage. I always bring a mic cover on stage. You know, I always stay socially distanced from the comics. I always do outside stuff or big theaters. Like I've been very intense on safety measures, but then you get, but that was over the summer. And now you get to now and you're like, it's a really difficult decision to make. Yeah. For all of us, no matter what your personal situation is. Cause then you get the call like you did. And it's like, well, fuck. And imagine if that was you and like, that sucks. And then you realize it like comes back to you. We're like, Oh, this is really, this is a very at risk activity. Yeah. Unfortunately, if it's on out, outside with masks on socially distanced. Yeah. And that was the last show I was on. So all right. hopes and prayers are, whatever that everything went with without a hitch but yeah 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 i think you'll be okay because it's been enough days because i also uh here's some some facts for our listeners i also talked to a few doctors last week in the you know when we got those calls and we're scared like if you're exposed to someone 
in the first few days they contract the virus and they don't have any symptoms yet and they've just been exposed, the odds of you getting it are really low. It's like in that four or five day period after they get it. So if she saw you like eight or nine days before she started having symptoms, the odds, and if you were both wearing masks mm-hmm. and socially distant, the odds of you having it, it can happen. Yeah. But it's low. Like if you're right. wearing a mask, if you're in a, if you're in a socially distant situation and the person's only contracted COVID in the past like 48 hours before, mm-hmm. you're probably okay. Which is what happened with us with our like childcare thing. And we ended up all testing negative. Yeah. Because we were around someone who was exposed in those first like 48 hours after that we weren't, but it was totally fine. Totally. Yeah. So I think you're probably okay, but I'm yeah. not sure. But I'm not going to, you know, it, when you, that's the other thing. You think about it and you're like, am I going to chance this for 150 bucks or whatever? Yeah. And it, it starts becoming not even about money. It starts becoming like, like when I went back and listened, it starts becoming like, I need practice. Yeah. No, trust me. I want it. I mean, the reason I was at that show that I got the call about was I was trying to get the rust off me. You know? Right. And initially it was just going to be a seven minute guest set. And then somebody else dropped out. He's like, Hey, you got, uh, you want to do 20? And I was like, fuck yeah. And then he ended up being like, well, since it was a paid thing, I'm going to Venmo you some money. But then I was like, I haven't even gotten it. And I'm like, not tripping over it because that's really what I wasn't there for. I was there to get up because I know doing this long enough that a lot of people, they sit down for too long and it shows, you know, I've done I've had these phases and I like to rest on my laurels. I'll admit that when I get them and everything and it's dangerous and you gotta just, that's the thing. There's, there's the danger of COVID and then there's the danger of losing your passion. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, it's also, it's also super hard. Like the stuff that you're talking about, right? Like getting the rust off. Like you asked me if I could feature my husband's going to kill me for saying this in the podcast. But you asked me if I could feature, and I haven't featured in a year. Yeah. So it's like, I could, but like, what's it going to look like? I don't know. Like, yeah. do I fuck up my relationship with another comic? Because like, I haven't, I've been trying, God knows I've been trying to feature, but the most I've done in the pandemic is like maybe 12, between 12 and 15 minutes. Like, I, it, I, haven't, I haven't done it in a year. Like I can, I can do it, but like, I don't know what it's going to look like. And I haven't done a show at all, especially because I got, I got a cold, which I had a million COVID tests in the past. I've had three COVID tests in the past like two weeks. Cause I got a cold and got tested twice for that. And that wasn't, and that wasn't Corona. And I had to cancel three shows because I had a cold because you can't show up with the sniffles anywhere now, even if it's not COVID. Yeah. That's a really fucked up thing to do anyways. But I, so I haven't been on stage in like three weeks. So it's like, I haven't even been on stage at all. Not even to do five minutes in three weeks. And I haven't featured in a year. Yep. So and let like, me say for so the, that's record- the information. So that's the information I had to give you. I was like, look, can I do it? But like, I right. could, but like, this is my truth right now. And like, I don't know how that's going to go. And I appreciate your honesty with that. And that's a sign of a growing professional, you know, to be able to turn something down and say, I'm not ready for this. And just for the record, if I thought those were the facts, I don't, I wouldn't have even put that question to you because I'd have been like, 
But I mean, I've seen you grow so much as a comic and in terms of ethic too and performance level and everything where I was like, and I think, I know you featured before. So I was like, yeah, I think she's ready for this. I'll put it to her and see. Um, but yeah, I, I if things, were, if things were normal, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But, and you know, my husband, I told him when he got home, my husband, I, I always joke that he's like my comedy manager and I get home and my husband, and I told him, he was like, what the fuck? He was like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? And I was like, do you want me to ruin a relationship with a comedian that's above me on the food chain? And like, screw up four shows while I find my footing and featuring that I haven't done in a year. You know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Here's an opportunity, but I'm not prepared. Yeah. You know, I can't even, I don't even have the opportunity to practice five minutes before doing it. Yeah. You know, and maybe had I not listened to two hours of sets recently before you called me, I would have been like, sure. But I listened and I was like, oh. Yeah, that, but that's what uh, reviewing your set will do for your self-esteem. Anyway. Right, right. It'll 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 make you make more professional decisions. Right, but the other thing, the other thing, when I was listening, when I was listening to him, I was like, I've been getting really good feedback from my peers, from like comedian peers. I've been getting like a good feedback, being like, "Wow, you're like people that I respect that I know they're not kissing my ass, like telling me that I'm doing well at these shows." Right. And I, it, I was like, what the fuck is going on with everybody else? If like, this is good. What is, I mean, I, cause I, you don't really, that's the thing with comedy is a lot of time you don't pay attention that much to other people, but I was mm -hmm. like, I'm getting such good feedback. Is everybody just kissing everybody's ass or is it like everybody else must be sucking even more because this is like, I, I was, I was not happy with what i listened to i don't know yeah no i mean hey i think it's legit i don't know comics to be the type to blow smoke up right exactly I mean, they certainly never blew smoke like they weren't blowing smoke on my ass last year when i thought i was doing much better so i think yeah. and also watching that colin quinn and friends things like looking at you know these gr i mean great comics and the interesting yeah. thing yeah. with that what I what I really liked, I, I really recommend if you're into comedy, watching it, not just like watching comedy for jokes, but into like the way comedy works, watching it. The people who had been doing comedy for longer, the longer they've been doing comedy, the better they did. Which is not always the case, especially when you get to like a group of heavy hitters like that show. Everyone on that show is a really heavy hitter, great comic. But the people who have been doing it longer, because it's more in your bones, you've been doing it longer, you've just had more practice. Mm -hmm. So having some time off doesn't affect you that much. I mean, as much as somebody who's been doing it, like, say, you know, eight years versus somebody like Colin Quinn has been doing it for like 35. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, it was really interesting to watch and comforting after listening to my to myself fuck up four times out of five i mean yeah, I like, I, maybe the audio just doesn't pick up as well outside what the fuck it just never ends you know until it's over you yeah. know you watch some of the great boxers guys that made it like bernard hopkins who fought mm -hmm. and beat 
like almost everybody, arguably the greatest defensive fighter that ever lived up into his right. 40s, beating guys that are in their 20s with all that huge, you know, hoorah, and they've knocked out 10 people, and he just goes and gives them the business, you know. But then eventually he hits 50, and then he gets fucking – KO first round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's a long for for being an athlete. That's a long time. I mean, eventually, like, right. But I think the fortunate yeah. thing about comedy is you can always do that, save for if you contract dementia or something like that. Um, forever. Colin says at the end of this, he's like, "I might be done. This might Colin be it for Quinn? me." Yeah, Colin Quinn says at the end. It's insane. At the end, he's like, look, like I might, this might be how I'm going out. Not like he's retiring, but he's just like, I just can't. I mean, he's like, I don't know. This might be it for me. Jesus, that kills me. It's really, you should watch it. It's, it's really, I mean, we, it's, it's the kind of stuff that it's not, it wouldn't be like a surprise to us because we're in the comedy world and that's the kind of stuff that everybody's talking about. But, you know, when you see, you know, the A-list people yeah it's just like going through i mean everybody it's the same for everybody basically jesus christ well i'll watch it is it showtime you said or hbo max hbo max okay which is different than hbo yes but yeah rachel's on it oh I can't wait. Her, Colin, and uh, is Bob Kelly on that? Did I yeah. see that? He, Bob Kelly is like the one who did who does who did the best. He's been so active, though. I mean, I think yeah. still through all this. Um, yeah, he's so good. God, I I loved working with he did, him. Yeah, he he did really really well. It was like Colin Quinn, Rachel Feinstein, Bobby Kelly, Sam J, Chris Keith Sam, Robinson, Keith Robinson, Dan yeah. Soder. I mean, it's really strong. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Comics. Marina, Marina. Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And I can't wait. Yeah. Strong comics. And it, I mean, if you want to know what comedy is like in times of COVID, watch that. And he basically is like these, and at the end, Colin Quinn is like, these car shows are not sustainable. Like you need to hear the audience and you need to hear that tension between laughs all that's really important and that's the truth is like that's when i was watching my older tapes like you just there's a rhythm to comedy such and a rhythm how to react to the audience and stuff and that only comes from when you're in that rhythm all the time it just kind of becomes second second nature but it disappears it's like it's like being out of shape it's like if you're a yeah. runner suddenly you can only run you know once every two weeks yeah it's disturbing sometimes. I mean, yeah. to find out a premise you wrote is funnier than the goddamn setup or the punch, you know? Yeah. Or a setup being funnier than the punch and you just being like, this is not how this was designed to work. But then you kind of have to go with it until right. you find a way to make it better. Or maybe you right. keep it like that. It's And it's just weird. Mine, it Because, you know, you hear all this shit about subjectivity and people – a lot of neophytes in comedy I find talk this nonsense about how like comedy's just subjective. Everybody has their opinion and what's funny. It's a lot less subjective than people think because if you go out to like 50 different venues and 
48 of them are laughing at one setup, you know, all it's probably the right thing, you know, and it yeah. can hurt your heart to say that if that's not what you wanted, but Hey, you know, are you going to take the moneymaker or are you going to just stick to what, you know, be loyal to your creation? Like it's your kid or something. It's weird. Yeah. You, I mean, you start noticing or, you know, one of the newer jokes I've written this year is I think is so cheap. I'm just like, this is such a cheap laugh, but it works. I mean, especially like I've known it for a while and listening to it. I'm like that. I need to start opening with that joke that I don't like because it works great every time. And I put it in the middle because I think it's so cheap. And, oh, I just yeah. wrote it, and I just wrote it as like a throwaway line, but it started getting bigger laughs than I expected. So I need to open with it. Yeah. So the new stuff I've written, it's the one that gets the biggest laugh. And I just think it's so cheap and uncreative. But, I, but I'm like, why am I not opening with this? Yeah. Totally. It's not a closer joke, but I'm like, this needs, why am I not opening with this? And I listen to like 10 sets and I'm like, the fact, I don't get a laugh till I get there. Yeah. You know, it's just insane. Or even when something wrote, you know, is cheap, is going to absolutely crush for a yeah. certain audience. Then you're like, oh, wow, like I'm going to go with this and I'll kind of revel in it. But damn, am I a whore? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Like, oh, I really, you know, like with that joke, I was like, I really thought I was a better comic than this. So, yeah i really thought i was and sometimes i'll take a joke that'll only work one out of 49 times and tell it to an audience where i'm like they'll get it because they're like really highbrow and then it works and then i'll hold on to it in the general act but sandwich it like it's a joke i'm ashamed of and it doesn't even get that big a laugh because i'm like well you fucking idiots just mm -hmm, even though that's a terrible attitude to have i do that uh, all the time that's something i really yeah. had to shake in comedy yeah really, like really attached to jokes because i'm like certain crowds love this and it does well sometimes yeah but most of the time it doesn't and like listening to all my sets there was a few jokes like that where i'm like this is working one out of five times why am i doing this like yeah. I have such few stage time, you know, I have such few shows that I'm on. Why am I wasting precious stage time on this? That's not working. Nope. Unbelievable. And I'll never tell anybody, but you off camera, what the hell these jokes are. I, think I, oh. I, mean, I have an idea of some of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I have yep. An idea. I'm, sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not going to say what joke I think is so cheap because if you come see me perform, I'm going to open with it. <laughs> Precisely. Whoever, whoever comes and sees me perform, you know, for the next God knows how long, it'll be my opener. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a fucked up time. It's a fucked up time. Here's my next question. Yeah. Let's play some bets. How long right. do we get locked down? Because we're getting locked down. Yes, we are. Um, I think it's going to be 
four weeks. I think it's going to take Thanksgiving, and then the cases are going to pop up within 10 days after that, and then it'll be about a week before they just say, all right, this is fucking out of control. We cannot do Christmas. We can't do Christmas shopping. We can't do Kwanzaa, you know, whatever. This serious business. Fuck the ball dropping. Stay in your goddamn house. All that. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think it might not be till January. Because, you know, Biden's talking about doing a national lockdown. And Trump is like, I don't know if you saw Trump the other day. I heard him <laughs> say there won't be. Like, I'm not, I'm not locking down. This is no, yeah. no way. I'm not doing it. Yep. Yeah, and it's not a- necessarily up to Trump. It's like up to more local governments. But I think Trump will push. I think it'll get so bad that eventually Biden will come in and they'll have to do like, they'll find some way to get around the constitution and do a national, a federal lockdown. Yeah, I think so. I mean, cause I do think that Trump is going to leave probably like two days before his term ends where that's where he'll finally concede because they will tell him, Hey, the marshals are coming in. If your ass is it out of right. here. Right. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I feel like even now he's kind of like he's kind of like someone who got fired at work and has two more weeks to go and just isn't answering emails. Yeah. I had somebody like that right. last year at my job. Told right. Me. You know, they just nope, fine. I'll just come in and get my paycheck. But I'm not doing shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like a little bit that's that's what's going on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, eh, we'll hope for a better uh, 2021, but I, I don't We'll see know. about those vaccines. That's the other thing. Those vaccine, the news from the vaccines looks good. Yeah, the stock market has responded quite well. Yeah, that Moderna vaccine looks good. Like, Pfizer looked fine, but that looked promising. I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, but that looked good. 95%, they say, but we yeah. Um, how quickly it works do they say that in the trials like once you get it is it how long does it take to kick in effective i don't know actually i don't they didn't give it they don't they're not giving a ton of detail from what i read they're not giving a ton of detail from the trial other than it looks good yeah yeah i think that's i'll take it i'll take anything yeah even if it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Just to, I know a guy in LA who's a healthcare worker and he did, I think of the clinical trial for Pfizer and he's just on the first dose and he gets it for a few days, like kind of, but it's fine. And a bunch of people in his family got COVID and he didn't. Yeah. That's the way it's the way it's gonna go, man. You know, we're gonna go up. I'll I'll jump first in line. I don't give a damn. I mean some you people be part of a clinical trial? Sure. Wow. I just follow I just started following this girl on Instagram who uh she's an infectious disease specialist, but she also has like ass out photos, which makes me like her more. Uh not ass out, but like she's young <laughs> and she's yeah, and she she works in 
specifically like clinical trials for vaccines. And like she said, you know, find, click in your area where to be a part of a clinical trial. And I, I'm not doing it, but I clicked it. And there's a couple of clinical trials in this area. Yo. What's her name? Dr. I think it's like Laura. Hold on, let me look. Laurel yeah. Bristow. What is it? Laurel Bristow. Laurel Bristow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, send me your ass out photo. It's not ass out. It's like ass to the camera. It's just like you can stick the needle here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a pin cushion. (laughs) Yeah, here, I'll just send you, I'll send you like one. But I like her. She she's informative, but she's cool. Nice. I'm a fan. All right, yeah, I'll sign up. I don't honestly, if this is the Moderna shit they're fucking around with, why not? Yeah, Moderna looks good. I don't believe in conspiracy theories or it's you know to put a chip in your whatever. Oh no. Obviously, that's that hotep talk. I don't go for it. Non shit. No conspiracy theories here. No, no, I eat McDonald's. Fuck it. (laughs) All right. On that note, we want to thank our listeners for joining in. Look out for episode 100. That's next. PD, do you have any shows coming up? Just our countercurrent show at the Arlington Cinema Draft House. Yeah, uh, December 20th. We're throwing a big show, socially distanced. Arlington Draft House is a big theater, very safe, good ventilation, common joy. It's going to be for charity. Uh, we'll give more and more details about the lineup uh, as we do more episodes, but it's going to be a really great show to celebrate the holidays. Uh, hopefully, my lockdown theory is correct and we still will be able to have that show. Um, and mine then- is wrong. Yeah. And then I have a show. Uh, it's a virtual show for DC Improv on Thursday. Oh, wait, but I think this won't be out by then. Let's just mm. stick to December 20th. Come to Arlington Draft House to watch. <laughs> to watch. Yeah, because I think this isn't going to come out for another like week and a half. So never mind. Yeah. December well, let's, 20th, let's, guys. let's let them know what they missed, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's Tim Miller's crowd work show. Uh, it's going to be a crowd work show on Zoom. Yeah, read the room for DC Improv. Uh, that'll be really interesting. So come check that out. And then I'm supposed to be doing something in Fairfax, Virginia on Saturday, but I'm not sure I'm going to do that. So I'm not going to promote that yet. But yeah, virtual show. That's safe. Come see that. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>